0: Uh, good morning good afternoon uh uh good evening depending on where you are as you are watching this video uh mm-hmm. we would like to welcome you to perspectives with Lissette and martina welcome yes to our next series i guess we can call this a series we'll do more than i think I like. so yeah I think so
1: a mini series
0: so. yeah maybe yeah maybe like a mini series we'll have like two or three episodes probably for this um so y'all like what are y'all gonna talk about what are you gonna talk about well first i want to say uh thanks everybody for tuning in whether you're watching the video or you're listening to the podcast hey and if you want to do both that's great too because everything helps us out um if you want to leave a comment we would love to see that too um but yeah so welcome if uh if this is your first time ever here and welcome. Uh, back if you've been here before so oh you have the Fiji water I'm jealous okay so well <laughs> we're going to kick off this series and we have talked about this before um, we want to do a little bit more discussion around it um, we're going to talk about selfishness selfishness yes. in America which again like I said we have talked about but really for this first episode of our mini series we wanna look at the American dream and how it relates to selfishness. And of course, our typical words, white supremacy and the patriarchy and so forth. All that. What is the American dream? You know, like, why is this, dr- you know, this dream? And again, you know, and forgive me for anyone who is is not American watching this. I don't know what this would be called in other countries, but I, you know, something we always hear, I, you know, I won't say necessarily that my parents talked about the American dream growing up, um, Mm -hmm. but it was something that I was always aware of. It's always, you know, the American dream uh, and what that meant. And nowadays it's more of a social economic concept when we think of the American dream, but it did not start out in that way. Mm -mm. So I don't know, do you want to give them the definition or you were like, how you want to? Pull this in. yeah
2: well i think let's start with a couple definitions i think just right. to kind of level set what the, the series is going to be what we're going to be talking about we were before we hopped on to to record we were kind of doing a little bit of research as we uh try to always do yes. um you know and we we were like okay well first what the selfish you know what is the definition of, of selfish right so um if you google Our our friend Google was, you know, lacking consideration for others concerned chiefly with one's own personal profit or pleasure. Um, And then if you you look at Wikipedia for selfishness, um, it says it's being concerned excessively or exclusively for oneself or one's own advantage, pleasure or welfare, regardless of others. Um, So that's sort of where, where we kind of like, okay, here's the basis of what we're talking about. Um, But when you go and you Google, what is the American dream? You get quite different perspectives, no intended, but even just different definitions. Like um, the first thing that pops up uh, on Google is, you know, the American dream is the ideal by which equality of opportunity is available to any American, allowing the highest aspirations and goals to be achieved. Um, And then if you look at Wikipedia, it kind of starts off with the American dream is the national ethos of the United States, a set of ideals, including representative democracy, rights, liberty, and equality. and then there's another one that, you know, you know how sometimes Google, you know, even ask some questions. And one of them is like, what is the true meaning of the American dream? Um, And it's, just, it's the ideal that every citizen in the United States should have an equal opportunity to achieve success and prosperity through hard work, determination, and initiative. Um, So a lot of this, you know, where you kind of like, it's definitely like this set of it's opportunity. It's available to any American. Um, it's something to like every citizen, you know, you're like equal opportunity. Those, you have those keywords, but then when you look at it, especially the one that I just read was the meaning of the American dream. And this is from the Oxford English Dictionary defines it. Um, the fact that it kind of puts it back on the individual, right? Like. You know you should have equal opportunity to achieve but it's through hard work determination and initiative um and if you have been with us the last uh three years um we have shown how you could do all the hard work you can have all the determination and all the initiative you want but if doors are constantly being closed for you because of of the color of your skin because of you know where you come from, like there's all these things that no amount of hard work, no amount of determination, you know, will allow you to quote unquote reach this American dream. So I think it's just a little bit of just some definitions, some background of what are some of the things that are associated, um, and one of the things that Martina and I did was actually go and find out where did this American dream come from? Like, mm-hmm. how did it start? Where, who coined the, the term? What does it mean? Like, yeah, there's some definitions here, but. How did it start? Yeah, how did, where, and you know, and when? I think particularly when, like when was it that this term came to existence um, and how it's probably changed from then to what we understand now mm-hmm. um and then you know as martina you mentioned like how does selfishness come into play or in correlation to what the american dream is
0: now mm-hmm.
2: so i'm gonna kick it right back to you ma'am
0: you know i think that was a great transition for us you know i don't think how to say this so the American dream from what we found was coined in like the early 30s. And so most of us know what was happening around that time. We had just wrapped up World War One World not too long ago. The Great Depression hit. Then we get into World War II. Um, but really, you know, where we start to see what this American dream is, I was thinking, you know, like because me, like when I think of the American dream from back in the day, I think like after world war ii we got all these baby boomers coming home everybody wants the beautiful little house the 2.5 kids the white picket fence a decent job and you know i think that is like okay in terms of america because i think that's what all people want people want to have a safety and security of a home uh you want to have a decent job and some people want to have a family or they want to be able to support their family and maybe, maybe not necessarily financial support, but just overall support for their family. And then, you know, financial can be a part of that. And, you know, originally the American dream really steamed from the country itself because it, it started, you know, it's like this political kind of ball mixed in there. And it really kind of starts with equality for all yeah. people um which I think you know equity wasn't necessarily a part of that I think the idea of equality you know and it makes me think of um during reconstruction in the south or really up here in the north as well how you know what is it that was passed oh my goodness um it's the famous court case which is now like passing me it's like um equality for all it's like a it was a it, it was a big court case like way yeah. back the uh nineteen forties fifties or maybe uh,
2: talking about but I don't remember that I can't
0: remember the name but and you know white people thought, okay, well, we got equality for all, that should be all we need, nothing else. you have your little school, you got your books, and blah blah blah, but that's not all that's not i mean now we know like which is why we talk about equity a lot on here as well. Um, and where equity has been this buzzword over the last decade or so. Um, And so that to me is what, really what it uh, brought to mind for me is that originally this was something that the country believed. It was set out to be a good thing, is that people support each other and we're all capable of achieving whatever level of success we want and how that level of success can be shown or seen, and, but then somewhere around, and you know, this part, I don't, I don't really know, where it starts to focus so heavily on your socioeconomic status, mm-hmm. uh, which of course, yeah. uh, well, then also, as you mentioned, this, this individual, um, individualization that we love to do in this country. And again, I think it pulls back to healthcare in many ways, how a lot of people see chronic illnesses as an individual, illness it's not you know it's that it's that person it's their fault you have lung cancer well you shouldn't be smoking okay um if you're homeless and you have this or that well it's your fault that you're homeless you you didn't work hard enough you weren't determined enough and lord knows we know that is not true um Mm -hmm. and so it's just really interesting how we had this where the country here in the united states Mm -hmm. and the individual who framed who who coined that term, had a whole different vision of what the yeah. American dream was. And it, you know, it made me think even further back that when we signed the Declaration of Independence, you know we were breaking from the United Kingdom and we wanted to do our own. I, I say we, I wasn't there. My people wasn't a part of this conversation. I don't even know if they were, I don't think they were here yet. I don't even know. Um, But it just made me think back to that. The first people, that came from the United Kingdom over here, and then you know we had 1776, and how you know it's the right of every man, but somehow it wasn't the right of every man. Obviously, we know because that is not what happened. And then, of course, we fast forward again to this idea of the American dream. So it's like almost like this country wants to have this idea that everybody uh, is everybody's equal, everybody has equity. But like I said, I think people are really starting to understand now that we don't have equity um, here in the United States. And so it just kind of made me think further and further about that. And this idea with selfishness, which I think our dear friend Seth has, has frozen on us.
2: I, I, I could see that. You are fine on my end.
0: Okay, okay, so you can hear me. I can hear you, Okay, but so we're just gonna keep going. Okay, we're just gonna keep going. That, you know, and that image right now on this video, you look like you're not putting up with nothing. You look like I am really, I'm done with people being selfish. That's what, yes. that's what you look like. Um, but that was a very long explanation of me kind of how I have always seen the American dream. Um, and, you know, I think we'll probably get to this in like other episodes. Yeah. You know, what does the American dream mean in terms of immigration? Because we know a lot of people come here, they see yeah. America as this land of opportunity, the land of milk and honey. But again, pacing myself, we'll get there to that. But have any thoughts? I'll turn it back over to you. To chat. Yeah, I think
2: well, as you were mentioning and we, what we were kind of researching a little bit, um, one of the things that uh, popped up uh, when we were looking and you know, I think it was 1931, Uh, and it was a historian that was talking uh, or kind of coined the phrase the American dream and what ended up really kind of happening there was you know for him it wasn't uh, particularly about like you know richer as far as like materially like you know the American dream sort of materialistic um, because I think he he said, and I'm trying to find the quote where it says, like, uh, it's not a dream of motor cars and high wages merely, but a dream of social order in which each man and each woman shall be able to attain to the fullest stature of which they are innately capable and be recognized by others for what they are, regardless of the fortuitous circumstances of birth or, or position. Um, which is interesting, right? Because when I think about the American dream, um, I, in my head, I always think like, oh, you have your house and your white picket fence and you have like these these things, these material things. You don't always think about it as um, like, oh, we all are able to attain, you know, a certain, you know, stature or, or being able to have this equality or, you know, our equity. Um, from like our viewpoint so it's just interesting to kind of see how even throughout history what the American dream has meant and and how it's changed and evolved because I think if I look at the American dream today it's definitely like I need to get me my dollars I need to get you know that money in my bank you might not want to put in your bank because these banks are (laughs)
0: honey listen i'm and like what the hell is the fdic was created what y'all out here doing cuz i mean as we're recording this it's only been like a,
2: of a week or a couple of days since right. that uh silicon valley bank came it <laughs> was you know done for uh so it's kind of fresh in our in our minds but you know i think that's what currently the american dream is for uh for a lot of people is like how do i get that money how do I get you know that house how do I get enough money to be comfortable how do I get enough money to be able to you know have that house and be in the in the better neighborhood quote-unquote um and things like that so it's it's just fascinating because obviously 1931 is a completely different you know world and society and and time and you know different but to have someone say like hey it's not about having the cars and the and the money um but it's about having this you know sort of a social order where we all have access to be able to attain um what we're capable of and it's like I obviously don't know much I'd have to read more but it's sort of like yeah shouldn't we all want to be able to have the access that we all deserve right um you go back to sort of the, our you know declaration of independence and our constitution you know the pursuit of you know life happiness uh and liberty like we all should have that you know all men are created equal like all these things that sort of like people then say like that's the american dream that's you know our what is our quote unquote national ethos
1: like we all have this but The reality, completely different.
0: Completely different. All right, Lucette has dropped. Let's see, she'll be back. I think the recording has paused. Well, welcome back uh, from technical difficulties uh, and a whole new wardrobe. Uh, We're here, we're back. So we're just gonna resume where we left off last time um which you even you may not even notice a break but we just had to make this a little funny because yeah we did I was giddy giddy about this but yes we are back so you know we're talking about the constitution that was drafted in 1776 and you know this whole conversation about life liberty pursuit of happiness and justice but one I don't think that was written for me and my people because at that time we were enslaved, okay? And technically we still are enslaved, we just not physically. So we do have some folks that are physically behind bars, but my people weren't free at that time. So this life, liberty and pursuit of happiness and justice, which is really a shame because when they wrote that and when we have the uh, Bill of Rights, the first 10 amendments, um, that you would think that that would apply to your whole country. It should apply to your whole country, but it did not. And to this day, we still have people that are fighting the Constitution. Don't even get me started on the right to bear arms, honey. Like, they've been taking that too far. I noticed that this is That's a different episode. Different episode, so I won't go there with that one. But anyway, just wanted to say, yeah, you know, this whole idea of this this, this liberty, and we were talking about, you know, uh, what- what is the American dream? I do think there's a lot of people, people use that, use that quote, life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness. Obviously, if you went to school in the States and you took American history, that's one of the biggest first things you talk about. And even now I still have that quote in my head. I I probably always will because it's, it's been drilled into my mind since I was in Mm -hmm. school about the Declaration of Independence and what it means and what it was supposed to stand for. And I think a lot of people, again, like I said to this day, still say those exact words. And I think a lot of people, when they come to this country, um, they have that idea in their mind because America still looked at as the land of the free, even though our our last administration was, was different. But... This is still a country where people come here and they have their hopes and their dreams um, from this message about that American dream. Like you will hear immigrants talk about that's what they want, that dream for themselves and for their family. And so I just had to kind of talk about that since we left off talking about the Constitution and like what that meant for the American dream, because it's still so ingrained in us to this day. that's all I'm
2: going to say about that right now. Yeah. And I think if I remember back to what I was saying, since I'm the one that caused the technical difficulties or my computer was not me. Uh, uh, You know, I think it's one of those sort of, like you mentioned, you know, you go to school and you hear, you know, everyone has, you know, the right to, you know, happiness and pursue and all of that. And, um, but how that also fits into sort of the selfishness, right? And and how to this day, not everyone, right? It's only a certain group of people who are afforded a hundred percent that opportunity or who fall into the category of like, you know, these are the people that should be getting it, right? Um, and and, and that goes against what we were talking, you know, of the individual, for, you know, who who coined the, the term American dream, who was like, no, like it, it has to be everyone, you know, and, you know, and it shouldn't uh, matter. And you, and I think that's where we gravitate, you know, you look at, you know, individuals like uh, Martin Luther King Jr. and, you know, and, you know, and all of that. And, you know, I have a dream speech and sort of how that all kind of encompasses uh, as well. And, And, you know, things that we as individuals quote and are like, yeah, we all should have this. We all should be able to be judged by our character, not the color of our skin and and things. But, you know, a lot of times it is the color of our skin. It is uh, our, our names you know if they can't see who we are but they look at a resume and they see a name that isn't you know traditionally white or European or whatever you want to like coin it as you know those are the things that you sometimes are judged by and it feeds into what the topic that we're talking about you know the selfishness of America is that the The pursuit of life liberty and happiness is just for a certain few but it's not for all who are in this country and then if you kind of break away i think about like the the these borders and you know and boundaries that are kind of made up around the world and things like that like we all as just humans should have a right to pursue life liberty and happiness like we all should have that right but there's all these things and, and challenges that, you know, uh, mankind has just created and allows for people to just put their personal interests, those that are in power, right? Because it's you and me, you know, and, and some that are listening don't have that kind of like uh, influence or like power, like, but people who have influence who have power, uh Have the ability to kind of say, like, "Mm, nah, we're not, we're not, that's not for them. We're going to keep this for us. You know, we're going to, you know, you look at our government, right? If you're in the US and who they choose to bail out, right? Who the government chooses to help and bail out versus we can talk about student loan debt, right? Y'all can completely say, you know what? We're just going to bail out these students who've, some people have been in debt for decades. Probably almost their
1: whole lives. (laughs) Their whole lives. They
2: have graduated college, you know, 30, 40 years ago, and they still have, like, that makes no sense to me. You know, someone who graduated 20 years ago to still be paying off? Like, how is that even possible? Like, that should not be a thing. Um, Even 10 years seems to me, like, too much for someone. And it's like, but you don't choose to help the people who actually need it and who would benefit from it, who then in turn be able to say like, okay, I'm going to take this money and just reinvest it into whatever, you know, the economy or however, like I have extra spending cash, I could do something else with it. Um, But again, it's this theme that we kind of keep going back to, like how selfish, you know, we have to be. And then you look at the influence that capitalism has into, into sort of that, that, um, theme that we're talking about and, and just, you know, the 1% that we all kind of complain and say like the 1%ers of this country are the ones, you know, kind of moving things and and running things and, and really kind of figure out, but, you know, it's, it, it just makes Mean, I know it makes Martina just really mad when we really sit down and we think about where we each could possibly be at in our in our lives and like careers and stuff if people just weren't so damn selfish um and made policies and made laws and and sort of enacted these things in equitable ways right and allowed access for for everyone and it's not like an a bunch of like friends, families, all these all these individuals could be in better situations if our policies, if our systems just reflected equity, right? And just reflected something that was much less selfish than it is now. Um, and yeah, I mean it's I'm getting mad. Like I'm seeing mad. I know,
0: you, I know you said damn. So I yeah. knew, I knew you would heed it. You said damn. So it's like ooh. She don't. She done got heated, but as we always say, you touched on a lot there, and you know, <laughs> it just made me think. And I, I believe in, um, in the um, previous video that will be sliced with this one. We start talking about like the banks because we were talking about the Silicon Valley, yeah. the one mm-hmm, whatever just mm-hmm. crashed and people, you know, lost so much money, and mm-hmm. you know, it does make me think about to the it's the great recession or one of the recessions that happened not too long ago, like because of housing and all that. Yeah. And I you know how this country was bailing out all these banks. And of course people are like, well, we got to bail out the banks. What are we going to do with all the money? We need the money. And I was like, you know what? This is when the banks are way too involved. <laughs> and like, I mean, because some of that is true. Like we do have to do certain things because of the way yeah. laws are set up now. And so it sometimes does make sense that we bail out banks, but at the same time, I don't know, just when you touched on the student loan issue and people, you know, not wanting to uh, pass the bill or make it official, it to me takes it back from the holistic whole view back to the individual. Yes. And how we go from with the banks, oh, this is impacting everybody. And, but, oh, but you know, with the student loans, well, that's just one person. You know, mm-hmm. and that, and that yeah. person a lot of times get blamed for taking out. It's like, well, why did you take out student loans in the first place? OK, well, you're asking people that, hey, I really think in this country it should be more or it should be done more of gap years. Because when you are going from your 12th grade year, your senior oh, year yeah. college, there's so much you still don't know. Mm-hmm. And it's so much, I mean, you have so much life to still live and, and you may not know what you want to go to college for, even if you do, or you do not want to go to college, but yeah. you're sending teenagers into an adult setting. And a lot of time it is the poor, the people of color who yeah. don't have much, um, who sometimes parents, I know when I did my student loan process, my parents didn't know much about this. Like I did much of this. I had to do most of it myself. And I think yeah. a lot of parents in that way because they like, I want my child to go to school. I don't have it, but you still should be able to go. And so I think people somewhere along the line forget that there's a lot of backstory to people taking out student loans. And you know, I'm look, all grateful people that's them paid theirs off. They're so yeah. happy about it. Um, I think we all know people that have paid off their student loans. But this whole thing, you know, people saying it's not fair that I paid off my loans and why can't you pay yours? And to mm-hmm. me, speaks really, again, about the selfishness that you're yeah. placing one person, one person like, why can't they pay the student loan off? I was able to do it. Yeah. And then think about banks that we bail out. And why can't we look at some of these issues in the same way? Because yeah. I think they're both equally important. I believe we are the only country or one of the top country that puts its youth in that much debt straight out of high school. Um, And I want to say it shouldn't be allowed. I mean, because many countries across the world, you go to state schools, it's free. That's no way. If we tried that here, it probably would be a disaster. Because again, capitalism. I mean, can you imagine some of these big schools saying, oh, well, now we pass the law for free education. They would shit bricks, shit bricks forever. They would not allow it they would not, they would have a fit, <laughs> okay? I mean, and again, in some ways, I don't necessarily blame them because this world is based on capitalism. So uh-huh. if they don't have students coming with them, making mo- like having them make money for their school, they can't support their school. So yeah. it's like, what do you do? Because school, as much as healthcare, as we know, is a business. And somewhere, I think always along that line, the business part takes precedent uh-huh. over the people.
1: And percent.
2: Really, yeah. No, I think that last part you just said. You know, schools. You look at it, it's a business. You know, you 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 look at the way even like our public education system is set up. Um, here in Chicago, it's you know CPS is
1: mm-hmm.
2: interesting, interesting institution. Um, as someone who went to CPS. Yeah, you did. Went to CPS. <laughs> yes. uh, but I think, yeah, like the fact that we treat these um, what I would consider basic human rights, education, healthcare, care, um, housing, yes. um, as businesses, food, you know, like all these things that are just we just need as, you know, humans to just survive and, you know, and be able to grow and contribute as citizens of this world. Um, We treat them as businesses and we and we create, you know, ways of operating them that are very capitalistic and and very sort of looking at how how can someone make the most money off of it
1: Um,
2: and not as how does this benefit the people who are accessing these services, who are accessing these resources, because that is not what is happening. It's more of like, how do I get more money? How do I ensure I get my return on investment? How do, you know, like all these things. And it's very, again, to me, capitalism and selfishness, same.
1: Uh, yeah, it's the same. It's
2: like, you know, like for me, like if somebody wants to argue with me or, you know have counterpoints on that please do so please let me know uh you know I'm I'm open to kind of hearing but to me as it currently is it's just someone who has just been in public health for a very long time and just seen the impact of it um it, it really just it, again like I get heated because I hear people's stories of how you know, they they don't have enough to feed their family. They don't have enough to get their medication. They don't have enough to even go to a doctor. Um, this you know they they don't know where they're going to be sleeping at. You know, they they don't know how they're going to cover expenses or all these things. And it's not because they're not working. It's not because they're not. It's just that there are just too many barriers and people. And the people who are making the money who are making who are price gouging us at this point, you know, with this quote unquote inflation that we have, um, which to me is just price gouging people, just again, how do I how do I take advantage of society allowing me to raise the price of eggs to, you know, seven, eight, nine dollars when, you know, a couple months ago I could get, you know, a dozen egg for two bucks. <laughs> and now you're like, you know, you're tripling the price, quadrupling the price as like that to me just contributes to this idea of selfishness that's really, you know, spurred on by, again, people f- following this notion of like, well, that's just the American dream, right? More money, getting more money in however way we can make it. And if it somehow, you know, inconveniences or it somehow just impacts people in a negative way well that's not my problem you should be working more hours go get another job go get a third job go you know and it's like no like where is the humanity Mm -hmm. in in this process and yeah I I mean that's
0: you know humanity, (laughs) humanity and money doesn't mm-hmm. together. <laughs> so I mean, like for real, it is you know you can't no. really have humility or humanity um yeah. in in the world, let alone here in the United States, because you know everybody in many ways are just for self, and, yeah and you know I like you're saying, there are certain things that people need for survival, we need food, we need housing. Yeah. Education, healthcare, those are basic things. Yeah. And again, you know, this country where, you know, don't get me wrong, now I understand that everything can't be free. Right. Yes. I get it. There are things you do not, like you said, price gouging. There should not be. Mm-hmm. Something that exists, and you know, excuse me, for all the people who are economists who might be listening and talking about supply and demand, I did take one econ class I'm a little bit <laughs> not much, uh, and my cat just jumped up on my desk, so just you know she's in her own little world um, but for all those people you know who want to say, well, that's just the way you know economics work again, to me, it's just like these things were created, <laughs> you know like. Um, laws were made, they were, they're written down. These things can change, you know, as I often say, and again, I think people get so overwhelmed and so bogged down with how do we go about this, and it can be overwhelming, but we can't stay where we are and expect things to get better. It's only going to get better for the extremely selfish, which the extremely selfish people is often the most wealthy. It's that one percent.
1: Yeah.
0: That, they will never use that amount of money. And for some reason, you know, I don't know what they do it. I don't know if they give the charity. I know a lot of people give money and do things without their name being out there, I'm not talking about that. But when you have that much money as a billionaire, Yeah, so much. And you have, like you said, there's so many influences that they have in policymaking um, just because of that money. And as opposed to somebody who may be just as educated or just as intelligent, but they're not a billionaire, they don't have any influence. They may not have an, any influence on policy because they're not donating money to this. And so just like, you know, keep this in mind as we, you know, transition into the next episode. Yeah. Um, but I'll turn it back over to Lissette and get ready to wind us down.
2: Yeah, no, I mean, I don't want to add because I know we can go on for another like 30 minutes. Uh, but I think there's, there's a lot of things that we both touch on. Um, I think we'll just continue exploring in the next, you know, couple of episodes we have around, this is really our intro to this selfishness of America kind of series that we're doing, um, in sort of just laying sort of the foundation and why we're passionate about it and, and why we wanted to have this conversation. This is a conversation we've been wanting to bring to the forefront of our, on our, on our podcast, uh, for, for a while, we just hadn't gotten to it, um, and it just seemed like a really good time with everything that's kind of happening uh, around us and, and the way that society and our economy looks like we're heading to a recession. Everybody keeps talking about recessions and things doesn't seem like things are gonna get, um, are gonna not, they're gonna get better, not anytime soon. Like it's gonna be a while before we kind of see trendings and, uh, and positive for for us, you know, for the people who live every day. Are not in the one percenters or the two, three percenters of this, of these economies, but um, but yeah, I think we will continue exploring, uh, you know, selfishness through the lens of like capitalism, probably digging into healthcare, um, as well and how we see selfishness reflected in healthcare, and there's a lot to unpack there, um, from from that lens. So we'll definitely kind of continue, but. You know, if you're listening or watching, um, you know, let us know your thoughts. When you think of the selfishness of America, like, what comes to mind? Um, does it not come to mind for you? You're like, no, this is, there's no selfishness in America. Like, no, or or if they're, you know, in your mind there is, and in your opinion there is, we'd love to hear from you. You can comment if you're on YouTube. Um, if you, you comment any of our, our posts uh, that we have uh, on Instagram, DM us, and you know, we'd love to just kind of share your messages and, you know, y'all's thoughts in, you know, in some of our upcoming episodes around this. Um, so please let us know and yeah, I think we'll, we'll kind of close out and we kind of look forward to talking and, and seeing you next time. Bye
1: everybody.